thank you. We lift your name on high. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Thank you for January. Thank you for February. Thank you for March. Thank you for this month of April. Thank you, Lord, because it is by your mercies that we are not consumed. Thank you for your protection over us. Thank you for your love over us. Thank you for keeping us. We love you, Lord. Be glorified in Jesus' name. As you go into your heart, go with us. Speak unto us. Teach us and let your name be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's have our seats. Let's have our seats. We are welcome to his presence. It's our Thanksgiving service. It's our Thanksgiving service today. I believe we all know that the first Sunday of every month is our Thanksgiving Sunday. It's a time we come to just rejoice in God's presence for his goodness. And you know, uh, when God was speaking to Abraham, and he said, unto your descendants will I give this land. He said, but you see, the cup of iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. He said it would take slavery in a foreign land for 400 years for that cup to be what? To be full. Then they will come to possess this place. You see, as there is a cup of iniquity, there is also a cup of righteousness. There is a cup of praise. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that the prayers of the saints goes into what? Into a cup. It, and it rises up unto the Lord as a saint. I, I'm, not, I'm not getting the right word for it now. Incense, yes, that's the word. As an incense before the throne of grace. So when we come to praise him, when we come to give him thanks, when we come to exalt his holy name, he meets with us and he's here to meet with us today. Amen. I say he's here to meet with you today. Amen. You have a cup into which you have been making contribution. And at times it looks as if nothing is happening. I want to tell someone here today, something is happening. Amen. And that something is happening is something good. Amen. Tell somebody something good. Amen. Something good is happening. And it, it will be perfected in your life and situation in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 107, Psalm 107, verse 8. Psalm 107, verse 8. We have been looking for some time on, that, on, the, uh, on the topic, the God of heaven. But today, we just want to look at, because it's our Thanksgiving service, we want to look at the, a topic for today. Psalm 107, verse 8 is, All that man will do what? Will praise the Lord for his goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. Tell somebody beside you, tell him or her, say, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As if you mean it, tell your neighbor, say, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, that person says, Oh, that man will praise the Lord. Oh, that woman will praise the Lord. Oh, that children will praise the Lord. Why? For his goodness. In other words, God is good. Is there someone here today that can say, God is good to me? Are you sure he's good to you? I know he's good to me. I know my testimony is unique. I know my testimony is special. I know what the Lord has spoken to someone here, it shall come to pass. You will be a testimony in Jesus' name. Why do you need to praise the Lord? The topic of today is all that men will do what? 
praise the Lord. Why do you need to praise the Lord? Why do you need to praise the Lord? Very important. Because the Lord is good. Because the Lord is good. When you look at verse 1 of that passage, verse 1 of that passage, Psalm 107, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For what? For he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he had redeemed from the hand of the enemy. How many redeemed of the Lord are here today? Why don't you say, say, I am redeemed. I am redeemed. Say, I am redeemed. You see, when you look at that passage, the Bible says, He gathered them out of the lands from the east, from the west, from the north, from the south. But the key thing is, He said, He has redeemed them from the hands of the enemy. Because if the enemy has his way, you will not be here today. Do you realize that? If the enemy has his way, maybe you will be history as we are talking now. They say, Oh, Oh, sorry, oh, it's unfortunate. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. You will not be a part of any bad story in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's why if you are redeemed of the Lord, the Bible says, say so, because he has redeemed you from the hands of the enemy. And like I always make us to understand, the enemies you know, they are very few. The enemy, your major enemies, you don't know them. Do you realize that? God just allows you once in a while to see what the battles is fighting for you. Many a times you want, to, you want to leave the house, you start the car, it doesn't start. There's nothing wrong with the car. Five minutes time, you start the car, what happens? It starts and say, oh, it must be the battery. Nothing wrong with the battery. There is nothing wrong with the carburetor. You know, some of us, because of the type of cars we drove in Nigeria, the cars made us mechanics. Somebody understand what I'm saying? Your car will make you a mechanic. You are not a mechanical engineer. By the time you have uh, uh, <laughs> driven that car for one year, you know where every part is. Every part. You know how to tilt it so I can walk for five minutes. But there's nothing wrong with the car. God is just preventing you from running into an errant boy that is driving recklessly down the road. Because if you were to drive out the time you are driving out, and you will see that car coming, thinking it's a responsible driver. But that boy is, in fact, he stole his father's key. And he started the car. And he thinks the car is a toy. And he's just racing on the street. And God has seen it ahead. And he's talking, he knows you will not hear. Many of us know. The only way we hear the voice of God is when we are sleeping. Is that not so? Many of us, it's only when we are dreaming that we, we know God is speaking. But he knows that he must prevent you from going headlong into this calamity. So you start the car, and what happens? The car refuses to start. When the evil is passed, then you come back and you start the car. And what happens? It starts. And you say, oh, the sun has warmed up the battery. Oh, the, the thing that was, that was clogged in the carburetor, I, oh yeah, I, I, I cleaned it. Now it's working. Or maybe, which other one? The plug. They say it's the plug. It's soaked in oil. <laughs> so that you know that the uh, type of car I've driven to. We know the things that will not make the car to start. But the truth is that God is good. Tell somebody God is good. There are many battles he has fought for you that you don't know. 
The few that you know is just so that you know that in your situation, God is not sleeping. As we're, like we're discussing what happened yesterday, the Bible says in Psalm 121 verse 3, He that keepeth Israel, he does what? He neither sleeps nor slumber. And do you know, he that keepeth Israel, is he that keepeth you? He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's still watching over you. Even when it looks as if he has forgotten you. That's why I love the verse in that Psalm 136 that says, Who remembereth us in what? In our low estate. That time that men have forgotten about you. There's someone that has not forgotten about you. And who is that person? He's still there for you. You remember that story? That lady that had went through some difficult times. And then God opened her eyes to see. She was by the, by, the, by the seaside. She was being shown like the story of her life. And she saw that there were four footsteps. She saw that she was walking with Jesus. Then that time that things were tough. How many footsteps did she see? Two. And she began to accuse God. That when I needed you most, is when you were not there for me. I know she was made to understand that the footsteps you are seeing are not yours. They are whose? They are the footsteps of Jesus. Why? Because at that point you needed him most. He did what? He carried you. He carried you. Our God is not a God that will carry you and mistakenly drop you. No, he makes no mistake. He has not made any mistake before. And the mistake will not start in your own situation. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good. For his mercies endure forever. So why give thanks to God? We say because he is good. Psalm 34 verses 7 to 8. Psalm 34 verses 7 to 8. Says the angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him and delivered them. Can you ask your neighbor, do you fear God? Don't be afraid. Ask your neighbor, do you fear God? Because the angel of the Lord, the Bible says, encamps round about those that fear him and he delivers them. We were discussing in our Bible study on Thursday that when the Bible, when we're talking about the fear that the enemy wants to instill in you, there are two things. The fear of man and the fear of, anybody remember the second one? The fear of death. And the two are linked. Many are times you are afraid of man because you are afraid of what? Death. Because you think, ah, this man, he can kill me all. So you are afraid of man because you are afraid of death. But the Bible says, fear him. Who can kill the body and the soul? Don't fear the man, the one who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Do you know that you cannot die until God gives a permission? Do you realize that? So why are you afraid of death? Tell somebody, don't be afraid of death. Uh, people don't even really like talking about death. Tell someone, don't be afraid of death. Because brethren, I don't see death in anybody's eyes here. You are not going to die. But when you live in the fear of death, even if you live to be 100 years old, it will be a very substandard and wasted life. Because the things you are supposed to do, what happens? You won't do them. You will see danger everywhere. But the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear. But of what? Of power. Of love. 
out of a sound mind. The only one you should fear is the living God. But if you fear him, the Bible says he will deliver you. Then look at that Psalm 34 verse 8. He says, all taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is that man that trusted in him. Now, contrast that to where the Bible says, woe unto him that does what? That does what? Woe unto him that trusts in man. And blessed is the man that trusts in who? In God. Now, make, pick your choice. Many a times, we trust in what we see. But brethren, the unseen world is more critical and important than what we see. And that's very important. He that keepeth Israel, neither sleeps nor slumber. The goodness of God, we said, I mean, we said, give thanks to God because he's good. His goodness includes protection. Includes what? Protection. Psalm 125. Psalm 125, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 125, verses 1 and 2. Oh, that man will praise the Lord. He says, They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed. Is that in your Bible? If you trust in the Lord, the Bible says you cannot what? You cannot be removed. It doesn't matter what the devil wants. It doesn't matter what the enemy wants. It doesn't matter what your friends want. Because at times your friends will give you honest advice. What did I call it? They don't have bad intention. They are giving you a honest advice. But you know what the Bible says about their honest advice? Say there is a way that seemeth right unto man. But the end thereof is what? It's a honest advice. They don't mean evil. But because that advice is not the Lord's plan for your life, it's, a, it's, it's an advice that will lead to destruction. Not because the man does not like you or he doesn't want... want he, I mean, he's speaking within the limitation of his knowledge. And I hope we all know that human knowledge is limited. Very limited. That's why somebody will say he has PhD in biology. I don't think anybody ever gets PhD in biology. There will be one aspect of biology or the other. Maybe, is there anything called cell biology? I know that's microbiology. I know that's microbiology. I know there are people that deal with uh, 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 bacteria, viruses, and all those things. You see 10 people here with PhD in disciplines in biology. They all know different things. What is that telling you? The knowledge of man is very limited. But there's a God that knows it all. And that God is your God. Is he your God? Is his goodness also includes discipline. It includes what? Discipline. First of all, we say his goodness, his goodness includes protection. His goodness includes discipline. The Bible says there is a rod of punishment for the unrighteous. But the Lord of the righteous includes what? Correction. So that same Psalm 125 verse 3. Verse 3. Verse 3. For the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous. So there is a, a, a rod that is meant for who? For the wicked. 
There is a rod for the wicked. But there is a lot. You know what a lot is, right? Those of us that are, that are buying new houses. When you buy a new house, before this, they, are, they have a street name. The house goes by what? A lot. They say lot one, two, three, four. When you go to the city of Barrier and you check the address of this church, we know it at 300 Young Street. But the official address they have in their records is Lord something, something, something in this field. That's this, uh, this place we are in. Long time ago, it used to be in this field. And that's what they still recognize it in the official records up till today. So the Bible says there is a rod for the wicked, but there is a lot for the righteous. So there is an inheritance for the righteous. But there is punishment for the wicked. You will not be counted among the wicked in Jesus' name. But you see, this lot of the righteous includes correction. Includes what? Because the Bible tells me in Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews 12, verses 6 to 8. Hebrews 12, verses 6 to 8. The Bible says, Whom the Lord loveth, he does what? He chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you continue to abide and live in error, and it looks as if God does not care about you, you are gone. You are like a, uh, what do they call it? You are like a, uh, a, a, a cockerel. You know what a cockerel is? This chicken that they are fattening. They are giving you food. Oh, you are growing very big. All that is happening is they are preparing that thing for the day of slaughter. Nothing else. All the food that is coming, highly concentrated food, they won't allow them to eat rain. Their days are numbered. Within maybe nine weeks, 12 weeks, there's a competition in the, in, in, in the agricultural world as to the shortest period to fatten the chicken that can go to the market. During that period, the chicken is excited. Ah, I'm the, can't you see how bulky I am after only three weeks? <laughs> but three more weeks, what will happen to that chicken? It is gone. If the Lord does not correct you, it's because that person is gone. If you are a child of God, when you err, when you do what is wrong, the Spirit of God will correct you. The question is, will you listen? Or will you be like those that the Bible says, he said in the book of Zechariah, he said, these people that went to the north, they are quieting my spirit. It's not that the Spirit of God is not speaking, but they cannot hear again. They've made up their mind. They've gotten to that point of what the Lord said unto uh, Ephraim. He said, Ephraim has aligned himself unto idols. Do what? Leave him alone. If you get to the point where the Lord says unto you, leave him alone. Ah, the person is gone. I pray that's why I portion in Jesus' name. The Lord of the righteous includes correction. Look at verse 7. He says, if you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? There are fathers here today. Maybe you don't correct your children. And you think that is love. The children you don't correct, you don't love. Tell somebody the children. You don't correct. You don't love. That's the truth. That's what the Bible is saying here. 
The Bible says children are what? The heritage of the Lord. You are supposed to bring them up the ways of the Lord. But you just allow them to do whatever they want. Make their mistakes. And the devil will fatten them for hell. And you think you are going to rest in heaven? It's not possible. Whom the father loves, he does what? He chastens. You know, remember the story of, uh, what's his name? Is it Absalom? The Bible says, from the day that he was born, his father has, did not say what? No to him. He became a spoiled child. Eventually, what did he do? He plotted the overthrow of that same father. He didn't know the value of parenthood. Whom the father loves, he chastening. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chastening not? Verse 8. If you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Every child that is without chastisement, the Bible says they are what? I mean, they are bastards and not sons. God is good. But the goodness of God, brethren, is for those that make up their mind to be good. You go back to Psalm 125, verse 4. Psalm 125, verse 4. Psalm 125, verse 4. It says, Do good, O Lord, unto those that be good. Psalm 125, verse 4. Do good unto those that be good, and to them that are upright, in their hearts. So God is good. God will do good unto you. But are you good? Can you ask somebody, are you good? Don't be afraid to ask. Ask your neighbor, are you good? He said, do good to those that are good. And to those that are upright in their hearts. The next question you are going to ask is, how can anyone be good? Even Jesus said it. In Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 to 19. Matthew 19, 16 to 19, the Bible says somebody came to him and said, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And Jesus started by saying, uh, Why are you calling me good? There is none that is good but one, and that is God. He said, But if you will enter into life, in other words, if you will have eternal life, keep the commandments. And the man said, uh, I'm very good at that one. Which commandments are you talking about? <laughs> and look at verse 18. He said, you will not, that shall not murder. That shall not commit adultery. And that includes fornication. Thou shall not steal. Thou shall not bear false witness. And I love that verse 19 very well. Honor your father and your mother. Can you ask your neighbor, do you honor your father? I, I didn't hear that very well. Ask your neighbor, do you honor your father? Now ask that your neighbor, do you honor your mother? That's what the Bible says. Honor your father and your mother. God is talking to someone here today. You want to have eternal life? You want to make heaven with God? You want God to continue to be good to you? You know what the Bible says? Honor your father and your mother. 
that you may do what? Live long. Those who don't honor their father and their mother, they don't do what? They don't live long. If they live long, it will be torture. Haven't you seen some people that will say, ah, why, why are they still alive, not me? Yes. You will see, I mean, the children are doing well everywhere except where they are. Honor your father and your mother that it may be well with you, that you may live long. I want to challenge every one of us today. You still have a father, you have a mother, you are lucky. Lucky as in not uh, the, the, the way people, because some of us, we don't have them all. My father died in my first year in the university, but I still have a mother. Make sure you call your parents. Should I say this week or do I say today? Make sure you call your parents today. Amen? And if they are in Bali, go and visit them. Go and surprise them. Honor your father and your... It's part of the goodness. That's one of the reasons God is good to you. It doesn't matter how they have offended you. They give back to you. Without them, you will not be. True or false? Without your father and your mother, no matter what you call them, you will not be. Honor them. That's the word for someone here today. In John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. John 13, verses 34 and 35. John now said, I mean, it was, of course, Jesus was speaking. He said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Love one. And then he went on to, in verse 35, he said, by this shall all men know you are my disciples. If you do what? If you have love one to another. If you have love one to another. I mean, it's a loaded passage. It's a message on its own. But the Bible says, husbands do what? Husbands do what? Husbands, love your wife. Love your wife. And we are giving an example. As what? As Christ loved the church and did what? And gave his life. He gave himself for the church. Brethren, that is biblical love. Biblical love is not just, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you when I see you. <laughs> it becomes a song, I love you when you are not there. <laughs> uh, let's put some music in. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's not just what you say, it's what you do. And what you do must be what? Sacrificial. That is love. That is love. And the Bible goes on to say, wives, do what? Submit yourself unto your husband. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I said the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Love is unconditional. Love is unconditional. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, what happened? Christ died for us. He didn't die for you because you are qualified. He died for the unqualified. In fact, the, what qualified us 
for he for his death was that we are unqualified does that did somebody with me what qualified us for the death of christ that from which we are enjoying is that we are not qualified he looked at us and said if i don't die for them the devil will make all these people broiler chicken he will make all of them cockroaches. so he died for us to open an avenue for us for eternity the bible tells me in hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 Hebrews 11 verse 6. He says, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And is that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The key word there is diligently. Diligently. It encompasses so many things. What we do and what we don't do. You may be happy with what you are doing. But is God happy with what you are doing? Maybe you should ask your neighbor, ask your neighbor, say, is God happy with what you are doing? Because pastor is not the judge. Your husband is not the judge. Your wife is not the judge. Your parents are not the judge. Who is the judge? It is God. God is the judge. He is the one that will determine. Okay. You have passed or you have failed. You will not fail in Jesus' name. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's very important very important. In love, there is giving. In your relationship with God, there must be giving. Your giving must go beyond what is convenient. You must be prepared to give what is what? What is not convenient. You must be prepared to give yourself unto him. You must be prepared to stand before God and let God have his way in your life. You must move beyond praying for five minutes per day. It is not edifying. That's why many of us don't know God. You must move beyond, I mean, wanting to pray so that you can say, I pray for 30 minutes, you put your wristwatch there. Every five minutes you open your eyes. Ah. It's only 10 minutes. <laughs> you go over it again. You open your eyes again. It's only 2 minutes. Because we are praying with the power of self and not by the power of the spirit. Your heart must be in it. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Sacrifice. What you give. When we talk about making a sacrifice, giving unto God, the first thing that comes to our mind is money. It's not only money. Yes, money is part of it. Money is not all of it. Money by itself will not build a house. True or false? Money will not build a house. There has to be people that... That's why in the book of uh, Haggai, it says, go to the mountain. Cut down the wood. Cut down this. Bring them and build the house. There has to be work, effort involved. Effort involved. Brethren, you give to God what is his own dues and he will do for you in life what no man can do. All that men will praise the Lord. In Genesis chapter 8, I believe it's Genesis chapter 8, when Noah uh, made that sacrifice, we always say, oh, when the Bible says, 
For as long as time exists, seed time and harvest time shall not cease. We love that part. Why did God say seed time and harvest will not cease? It's because of the sacrifice that Noah gave. He had only very few clean animals in the ark. Yet when he came out of the ark, he did what? He sacrificed of those clean animals. It's like we talk about Isaac. Isaac sowed in the land, he reaped a hundredfold. Why did he reap a hundredfold? He was obedient to God. God told him to stay in the land while there was famine. He stayed and he prospered. I want to pray for someone here today. You will prosper. I said you will prosper. You must be obedient to God. One of the problems many of us have is we don't learn by just going through the scriptures and being instructed by the word of God. We want to learn through our own mistakes. And that's the hard way to learn. I was listening to General Vasya this morning. And he shared a story. He said he had a friend. He said the friend is late now. The friend is a lawyer. He had a practice. Doing very well. The, ma- the friend is a lawyer. And the geo is a mathematician. So two people that uh, it would take the grace of God for them to agree. So he said he began to preach to this his friend about tithing. You know what tithe is, right? What is tithe? 10% of your income. And the lawyer looked at him and said, you are not serious. It, the mathematician is not the one arguing now. It's the lawyer that is arguing and said, you, are, you can't be serious. No, no, no. He was a Christian, a born-again child of God. So he said, after a while, the lawyer made a statement. And that's why, brethren, we must be careful. You know, I, all, I think I've mentioned it to us many times. Don't ever ask God to humble you. Because if God chooses to humble you, by the time he's true with you, we may not recognize you again. So this lawyer said, okay, God should prove to him that he wants him to pay tight. Okay. And the judge said, ah, that's wonderful. He is God. Let him prove it to you. And so what happened? The next three cases he took to court, what happened to those cases? He lost them. And you know, is that a good thing for the reputation of a lawyer? People look for lawyers that have argued their cases and won. He lost the next three cases. That was just the beginning. Then he had a bakery. And the bakery was doing very well. We all know in God's own country there, bread is a standard staple. Is that not so? It was Christmas time and all his workers came to him and said, we are leaving. Where are you going? We are, we are just tired. We are leaving. He said, I will double your wages. They said, no. It's very absurd. At Christmas time, even those workers should need money. Is that not so? But they came and said they were leaving and they all left. So Christmas time, New Year, there was no bread from his bakery when people needed bread the most. By his own calculation. That was the most profitable. That's why he was ready to double their pay. <laughs> but there was no bread. Because all his workers had left. So the Jew said, in the new year, he now came and said, it said, looks as if God is speaking. <laughs> I pray for someone listening to me today. It will not be too late for you. Amen. I say it will not be too late for you. Amen. It's good to learn from other people's experience than wait until you have the same experience. So the man now said, okay, I will restitute my ways beginning from today. And the just said, and you will see what God will do for you. There was no need for prayer. He was the one that came and said, God should prove himself. Is that not so? 
and God proved himself. He said immediately after that, he appealed those three cases and what happened? He won. Then, from nowhere, bakers that disappeared from between December and January came back. Not, not the people that were working for him before. Others now came and they were ready to work for him at even lower rate than what the previous ones were getting. God restored him. God restored him. Are you in that position? Don't wait until God proves himself. Why don't you prove? He said, concerning the work of my hand, do what? Command ye me. He said, bring ye all the tithes into the house and do what? And see what I will do. He said, I will open the windows of heaven. He will open that window unto you. Amen. The reason some of us are not yet enjoying the benefit of what we are doing is that our capacity is not enlarged enough. Does that make sense? If God wants to give you three bushels, I, I don't know what they call bushel, but I know it's in biblical terminology. Three bushels of wheat, but all that you have is a container that is what? Maybe half a bushel. If God gives you three bushels, what happens? You are wasting 75%. Is that, am I correct? Divide by three. You are wasting more than, more than 70% of what God is giving to you. So he wants you to do what? Enlarge your capacity. Tell somebody enlarge your capacity. And you will enjoy God. Uh, as if you mean to say enlarge your capacity. And you will enjoy God. God is a merciful God. The Bible says in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 to 23, as I round up. Lamentation 3, 22 to 23. It says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Even this morning. That's why you are here. That's why he's speaking to you this morning. That's Psalm 107 verse 3 that we read. Says, he said he gathered them out of the land. From the east, from the west, from the north, from the south. He still redeems from the four corners of the earth. Whatever belongs to you. The Lord will grant it to you today in Jesus' name. Whatever you have lost, there is something called restoration. Our God is a God of restoration. He will restore unto you in Jesus' name. Whatever it is that the enemy is holding onto, that is supposed to be back in your hand, I pray for you, receive it right now in Jesus' name. I say receive it in Jesus' name. Wherever you need to make correction, brethren, the Bible says, don't be like the mule. Wherever you need to make correction, the grace to make the correction that will make God to lift you up, receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Because God wants to work with you. God wants the best for you. Oh, that man will do what? Will praise the Lord. So that as you praise him, your praise will ascend to the throne of grace. And you begin to see the hand of God at work in your life. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. Oh, that man will praise the Lord. Why don't you talk to the Lord this morning? You know where you have one or two things to fix or to correct? He's there for you. He's your father. He's your father. There is no, there is no 
body between you and him. Open your heart unto him. Is there anywhere you need, you are saying, oh Lord, I've made you too small. Have mercy upon me. He's here. He's a merciful God. Are you like that lawyer saying, I will make restitution from today. He's here. He's here for you. It's you and him. Oh, are you asking yourself that, oh, I have made this sacrifice. I've made this sacrifice. I've not seen the result. He says, I should tell you today, enlarge your capacity. Because the harvest that is coming is more than your imagination. Enlarge your capacity. Be prepared to receive. There's an overflow that the Lord is going to release into your hands. And his name will be glorified in your life. Are you listening to me and you've not given your life to Christ? Oh, that man will praise the Lord. If you are not born again, your praise is an abomination unto him. You want to give your life to Christ? Wherever you are, in-house, you can raise up your hand. Online, just say with me, say, Lord Jesus, I come before you this day. I say, come into my life. Come in today. Come in to stay. Every alignment between me and the devil, I renounce in the name of Jesus. Write my name in the book of life. Let glory be my portion from this day onwards. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Father, I thank you for this, your children. Be glorified in Jesus' name. I commit everyone into your hands. Lord, we want to praise you permanently. Let your praise never depart from our mouth. Wherever there is one or two things that we need to correct, the grace to correct grant unto us in the name of Jesus. Father, touch us. Speak unto us. Let eternity be our portion. As we continue on this journey, reveal yourself unto us. Manifest your grace in our lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. For we have prayed in Jesus' name.